and guys we are live good morning gentlemen good morning good morning kenji morning kenji morning kevin yeah man it's, morning, it's such an amazing day beautiful day and we are uh, excited you know today yeah. we had this conversation last week and today i'm just like we're going to nail this conversation because in the house we have kevin kanyotu who is the chief production can i say lead yes for agency and yes. he's a unique man uh, he doesn't go by generic titles and you'll tell us why so i'm mm. excited to have him on 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 our channel today on our podcast and also we have we have uh, tony tony is actually one of the directors at oram but he's also a risk consultant and he'll tell us more about what that involves but guys welcome this morning to our podcast and we're going to be discussing business recovery plans and just to give you a recap of what we discussed last week we we talked about how covid has really shaken up businesses uh, many guys have been thrown off entrepreneurs are living a day at a time no one really understands what's happening and uh, we don't know what to anticipate but we have recognize that we formed coping mechanisms and we also have formulated strategies to stay afloat. So today we're going to be tackling some of those strategies and we're also going to discuss more about as an entrepreneur, how do you stay afloat and mm-hmm. how do you even thrive during this, this season? So guys, buckle up. If you guys need to go get some water, some tea, it's early in the morning. If you need to go and kick the kids outside to go play so you can listen to this podcast please do that um we are going to to delve deeper and as we so as we start let me just start with the host with the most mr tony yeah. uh anthony tell us more about yourself than what all right. you do all right thanks 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 kenji uh, as you've heard, I'm Anthony Kuria. Uh, we work with uh, I work at uh, Auram Consultants Limited, which is a HR and uh, risk advisory consulting firm. We give HR uh, services, consultancy services to to SMEs, to NGOs, to micro SMEs, and even to corporates where we do. But mostly we we are focused on the on the SME space where we enable uh, entrepreneurs to solve one of the biggest challenges that any entrepreneur would go through, and that is maximizing the potential of their HR uh, function. And we do so via, via you know, various means. For example, we do HR audits. We enable you know, you know, recruitment and placement. We do things like outsourced HR management. We also help clients uh, do things like salary processing and basically maximize their HR function in terms of uh, dealing with uh, statutory requirements that the government may have that require employers to meet minimum labor regulations and at the same time uh, maximize the function of their HR department. At the same time, we also offer risk advisory services. And this may involve, um, you know, on the HR aspect, 
making sure that you're meeting the statutory requirements by the government, avoiding potential pitfalls that may come, up, may come along as you pursue your business as a businessman. And at the same time, also other business risks that come along when you're doing business. It could be issues to do with strategy, issues to do with um, uh, finances. How do you avoid certain pitfalls that may come in the entrepreneurial journey? We offer services in that whole spectrum. That uh, you guys offer a lot. And I think uh, for me, I think as a business, you're an essential service. <laughs> so most guys are usually thinking, okay, which part of the department can I cut costs? You know, yeah. and people look at first, it starts with uh, HR, and they forget that people are the most important uh, function of a business. Um, so um, thanks, Tony. Um, you'll tell us more about that and how also your business has yes. been keeping along with this COVID season. So, um, Kevin, you know, you're a seasoned entrepreneur, man. And actually, I, I really love those posts you put up on Facebook with your family, man. Jamming, jamming. I mean, I keep telling wifey, hey, we need to be a musical family, Bernard. These guys are having fun. You know, it can't stop us. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. but 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 it's it's also just very very heartwarming to see just how families come together in, diff in this season just mm. to enjoy each other's company and just have fun, which is key. But yeah. like, tell us, Kevin, tell us a mm. little about yourself, what you yeah. what you do, what you're passionate about. Okay, thank yeah. you, Kenji. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah, that's one of the family. Uh, values that we have. We really like celebrating um, uh, worship, first of all. Uh, it's a key thing to us as a family, but also having fun along with it. So it's one of the ways that um, we we get to the downtime of the day and uh, we are saying, okay, the day has been jam-packed with uh, business, so we are able to, uh, to create downtime for ourselves. Uh, I'm a marketing professional uh, in the area of advertising and brand communications. So we run a company called Tanuri. Tanuri, by the way, is a Kiswahili name meaning a furnace, a furnace. It's a place where we feel like we work on brands, we change them and mold them and improve them to have a better face, to have a better receptive uh, appearance to their customers. So hence the name, uh, the choice of the name Tanuri. Um, and uh, I call myself, uh, uh, the production smith because we are involved in channeling out creative ideas, helping companies to position their products first in the minds of their customers and then in the marketplace so that they can be able to enjoy a profitable journey and also just to understand who they are targeting and how to communicate to them. So that's what we do at Tanuri. We've been in operation for 11 years. Our three main areas of expertise is in brand, uh, brand development and uh, creative, the creative uh, world that's in form of uh, how to communicate in form of different media that's on uh, TV, uh, visuals, uh, graphic design, audio, and uh, digital media as well. Digital media has now become uh, a very critical thing of what every business uh, or how every business should be able to communicate to their customers. 
So we also are in the area of offering digital services, um, helping companies relate socially to their customers. So that's what we do at Nuri. Hey, wow. Uh, Kevin, you have a, a heavy bio. There's a lot you do, uh, but this is exciting. You know, to see, to see even seasoned people coming into the conversation. And I think we'll be gleaning onto some of your wisdom or some of the things that you've learned. And uh, just, okay, right now, Zippy has just told, she's like looking forward to today's discussion. So everyone who's out there, we are open to your comments, your feedback. Please just tell us what, because the topic today would will be about, um, uh, we're discussing business recovery plans. And we want to know what you guys are doing as a business. Uh, how are you guys staying afloat? So please send your comments and questions. Now, uh, Kevin. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm also in the digital space and there's a lot of changes that have happened. And we've also realized that the acceleration, uh, the digital acceleration has brought businesses to a point where they, they, are, they are spending more on digital regardless of the budget constraints. Uh, but they're also cutting down on other areas. Um, so that has just been my view. What 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 have you learned about yourself? Let me even start with yourself during this COVID period. Let me before even we go to the business, because sometimes a business is an ex, is the, it's the extension of ourselves. So uh, as entrepreneurs, what have you really learned during this season? Yeah, thank you, Kenji. Uh, definitely, this season has been a very interesting one for every individual. Uh, one of the things that I, I kept on asking myself is, uh, why am I here on earth? You know, when you're locked inside uh, your home and when you're not really moving out a lot uh, uh, within within uh, the Nairobi city or its environs, when you're stuck in a, a room and you start thinking, who am I? Why am I here? Is my business even uh, relevant? Uh, is my existence even being felt? And those are the difficult questions that uh, I've been asking myself towards, uh, especially at the beginning of the season, uh, when the country was put on, a, on, on somewhat, of, somewhat of a lockdown. And one of the things I've discovered is uh, I've been able to spend a lot of time reading. Reading, uh, just sharpening my mind, reading books. I find uh, uh, a lot of uh, joy in learning something knew that I've never known, uh, even from those who are ahead of me or from those people who are, are masters in uh, other crafts. So I've discovered that I'm a, I'm a good reader. And uh, it's something that I never used to do quite a lot before pre-COVID. But now I, I try and at least read a book within a period of one week or two weeks and uh, try to apply what I've been uh, learning. But more so, uh, because the children are, are, are here with us, the aspect of learning to be a good parent. Um, I wish even when uh, pre-COVID, I was spending more time with the children because you get to learn a lot about how you are when you are their age. What are some of the things you're experiencing right now? And how you can be able to tackle um, parenting or uh, uh, 
difficulties. So I've also realized and uh, learned my spouse, uh, my partner, my wife better this season. Um, that's what I've been learning. We just discovered we have very different tastes. We are very different people. In the season of stress, we exhibit very different personas, um, which, which for me is very critical in making sure that uh, we're able to know each other better and relate with one another better. So that's what I learned. Sorry, sorry. I like I like what you've just talked about in terms of um, different personalities showing up uh, with different, let me say, uh, stress environments. Um, and that I've also seen that uh, our personalities are very different. What my wife and I have very different personalities, and we've coped with these things uh, this season very differently. Uh, what's What's interesting is I'm not much of a reader. Uh, per se, but I listen to a lot of podcasts and I have found myself leaning into not podcasts, not podcasts that really give you hope, but podcasts that help you reflect on on yourself. Mm. So I've really I've I've really felt the, the need of just learning myself a bit deeper in this season because I've I've realized that well, I am not Superman. So there's Superman and Clark Kent. The Clark Kent is showing up very strongly. And mm. and in terms of, especially when it comes to provision for a man, I, it sometimes keeps me a bit worried. You know, how am I going to provide for our team this, 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 or this next month or our family? And for me, that has just been one of my coping mechanisms, listening to to podcasts and also reading the word for me just it's it's a way of um, giving me assurance god's word is very strong and it's mm. uh, in in terms of reassuring you who you are uh, in who you are so mm. let me tip over to to tony tony there are many things that i know you've learned about yourself during this season you've had kevin has gone so his book he said reading is it david and goliath I'm not wrong yes yeah i can see he's a reader so it's it's good to to see people nurturing different strengths from from the past tony how have you been coping with this covid what have you learned about yourself okay uh thanks thanks kenji um my and i because our business is a bit younger compared to Tanuri, for example, we've been in existence now for about four, four years or so. So by the time this uh, pandemic was hitting Kenya and we couldn't be able to do business as usual, um, we were still a, we were now starting to scale up to a place where you would say we were breaking even. And because of the way we do business, we interact a lot. My wife and I do interact a lot. Every morning, sometimes we work in the same space. Sometimes I'm um, she or I are you know, out there with clients, but in the evening we are still coming home together. We're still handling, we are still handling a lot of issues, operational, financial, strategic, everything we're handling together. So uh, being cooped in the house when everything stopped wasn't so much of a shocker or a big surprise. We basically now had to work in the same space all the time. The biggest uh, challenge came now with the children also being at home. 
and uh, wondering why is daddy and mommy not going anywhere. So I think both of us learned more about our children than what we learned about ourselves. Because I know my wife's strengths very well. She knows me also very well. We have gone through, before we set up Aurum Consultants, we had gone through a very difficult season uh, as a couple, you know, financially and all, trying to set up the business. So um, COVID really, uh, while it has shaken us, it has not found us uh, naked, if I would put it that way. We've, we've, we've had worse. So not being able to shrink financial uh, inputs, uh, business being squeezed, we, it's like we've been here and we have learned how to cope and therefore we are more prepared emotionally, psychologically, even financially as it were, with God's grace. So the thing that I've done, like Kevin, I'm a bit of a reader. And uh, even when, before this whole pandemic began, I used to take time to read books when, when I'm free. Uh, for example, when I'm either waiting for a client or say I have an afternoon, I've given myself off from marketing, I would sit and read online. So, for example, the book that I was reading before COVID happened was uh, Why Nations Fail. It's a book I would want everybody who wants to understand why is it that you find certain nations thriving and others struggling. That's a book that you would want to read. Currently, the book that I'm reading, and I'm reading it together with a, a group of men, we normally meet every Friday evening, virtually is called uh, Finishing Strong. It's a book that I would recommend to any man to read about, to read, to read, because it's really directed towards men. And uh, it's a book that, um, how, do, how do I put it? It will find you. Let me just say, even the, even the writer himself says the book will find you. And I would recommend that book to anyone. Kevin, KG, I would recommend you to read that book. You, I mean, even I think it's chapter six or chapter seven where the writer says, uh, I know I have been very hard on you. So yeah. let me and be a bit softer here. Yeah, he describes, I mean, he describes things that I never thought in the Bible because it's biblically based. He yeah. says, for example, David finished weak. You know, we mm. he's a very strong man and that mm. David is a mighty man of God. But really in the context of time, David finished weak. What he did with Bathsheba and how he finished afterwards shows um, he didn't finish the way he ought to have. Same right. with, yet there are, other, there are other men. Christ himself is the ultimate. He managed to come with a purpose and finished it well. Mm. Yeah, so that's the book I'm doing. We, we, we are reading a chapter a week and then discussing with the other group of men, about, about five or six uh, gentlemen. So it's a book I would recommend to any man to read. You will find nice. yourself there, and uh, it's like looking in the mirror, thinking that you're very handsome, and you find silly <laughs> imperfections on yourself. <laughs> you should you should hand it down. Uh, the guys of us, we, we might struggle to read, but at least I you know if there's some wisdom there, I can look for a minute or two. Oh but, yeah. I, 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 but it's 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 a beautiful thing to learn new things about ourselves. Even in, in just in totality, I think I've learned, I've also studied people and I've seen humans are, are very resistant to change naturally, you know. And a lot of people, you know, were talking about, oh, we, we need to go digital, go digital. But 
it's not the technology that was the hindrance. It was them. It was them who are the hindrance to their progress. So right, COVID like you know shoved them into this into this yeah. thing, and they had to really adapt. You know. Yeah. So I've seen human beings have capacity to do a lot, but we really hinder ourselves from progress. And and yeah. and for me, um, what I'm learning is, you know change is the constant variable so you just have to keep moving and evolving you know so uh that's something i've really learned during this season Mm. but let's tip over to businesses because i feel like um now that we know about ourselves our businesses uh are really an extension ourselves i have seen myself lacking in terms of leadership because there are times i really don't know how to to run a remote team. You know, I don't know how to keep mm-hmm. a remote team motivated. I found it so tough that sometimes I, I just go online to look at what other people are doing to strengthen their teams. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have had challenges with um, team cohesion, building the spirit with uh, remote teams, or how have you guys been handling that? Maybe Kevin, you could take that. That's a very good question, Kenji, and uh, definitely it's one of those things that you, as you as an entrepreneur, always have to ask yourself, um, how am I able to build trust within the team? I think the ingredient here is trust. And even as we talk about trust is, uh, for, for instance, when I, uh, we got the first uh, case of COVID in the country, that was uh, towards late of uh, March, the, the, the Ministry of uh, Health announced this on a Sunday. The next day, which was a Monday, we had an office meeting. And one of the things that um, uh, we immediately did, we made a decision not to come to the office um, and work from home. But also what I did was that I made it clear to my team that we are going to make whatever tools and uh, resources necessary for you to be able to work at home. But on the flip side, you also need to provide uh, uh, time and also discipline so that you also be able to work uh, with one another. And then we need to harness or reposition ourselves in such a way that we have our office meetings online. So every week, and now it it has moved from every week to almost every day, we have um, a meeting. And not maybe with everyone, but uh, for those particular departments or those people who need to discuss, then we make sure that we speak with one another. So for me, uh, Kenji, the basic ingredient there is building trust. And how you build trust is understanding the feelings that your team or your employees have during the COVID season. What is it that they're going through? And the, the ability to be able to understand feelings is called empathy. Mm-hmm. In my field of marketing, we use empathy intelligence a lot. Uh, It's more or less like emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand what is it that this guy is going through so that they are not able to probably work effectively or probably they're not available at a certain time. So you'd have a meeting, online meeting, and you find some of uh, your team members are struggling with their parenting or the Mm -hmm. same person is actually homeschooling Mm -hmm. or the same person uh, has a blackout in their area. Mm -hmm. So you must be able to empathize with them so that when you say meeting at nine, have an open mind 
when people delay. When you say have your screens open, we need to see your face. Bear in mind, there could be a lady who's breastfeeding. So we need to empathize and understand and, and trust uh, each other as a team. Wow, 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 wow. Yep, um, I think I'm a, I'm a culprit of that. You need to see your face. <laughs> Because <laughs> sometimes I can't, I can't relate with with those uh, screen savers, stroke ABIs. I'm just like, guys, we need to see your face. But uh, I'll empathize. Thank you, Kevin. I will be more sensitive to the person on the other end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and I've also realized um, business processes have changed. And I think, uh, Tony, Tony, I think this you, you can attest because I, let me even take it to a, a higher level. Government has opened up to a lot of processes. So mm-hmm. one, I remember, do you remember e-signatures were not accepted in government yeah. offices? You would, you would not submit an e-signature and they would uh, uh, process your document. Yeah. Now I'm seeing government embracing e-signatures i'm like which government is this the other day um i was looking at even uh, just the litigation process how court rulings are being done over zoom and i'm like is this kenya you know mm-hmm. and i'm like it's not just business government is also adapting they have mm-hmm. been forced and you know mm-hmm. uh, not in bad taste but government are one of the last people <laughs> to make mm-hmm. a change so i am just impressed by the amount of evolution and change that's happening with business processes Mm -hmm. um what can you speak about that tony in terms of what uh, processes have you seen changing um even in your in your particular field all right all right now um for us who provide uh, advisory services especially on hr the mere fact that uh, staff had to now, disperse, the way Kevin described, staff had to disperse, go home. Uh, our, ourselves, we have a team of consultants who are placed in a number of our clients' offices. So depending on um, on the client, some disperse their staff immediately, others retain them, but obviously in very strict conditions. So one of the things we've discovered with, the, with, our, with our clients is that... Um, the issue of uh, virtual meetings, things like Zoom. I didn't know Zoom existed. I admit, I didn't know Zoom existed until COVID happened. That's when we had the Zoom is available for purposes of virtual meetings. There used to be uh, this other one called, um, is this other chat that people normally use, um, especially on computers. I'm forgetting Skype. the name. Skype, yes, Skype. Skype was, we used to use Skype a lot. Um, you know, my partner and I in dealing with clients from afar. But now Skype, I don't know what has happened to Skype. Zoom has taken over and a few others. So clients, the idea of embracing virtual meetings through technology, meeting like the way we are, has become all the rage. And many of our clients have opted to go in that direction to keep in touch with clients, sometimes very strategic, very vital um job functions had to be done remo- remotely so as kevin alluded trust has to be built up between uh the management of a company with its employees hoping to see that the end results will be produced despite not being in one physical place another 
uh, item that has popped up is the issue of, uh, even with government, I've seen now with government a lot, is the issue of making, uh, the issue of making payments, uh, discounting cash and making payments either virtually, um, you know, using M-Pesa, using money transfers, bank transfers and all that. And you've seen that that has been accelerated to a place where, uh, you know, hard cash has become like one of the keys to spread COVID-19. And the, the encouragement, even, even with, I saw there was a time they were trying to get Matatus to accept the, the, the you know, paying, using, using cards, using M-Pesa and all that. Now, that is something probably that will accelerate. If ever there is something that we call post-COVID, that digital payment space, have a look at it. It will grow and it will grow far more because, uh, like now, if you go to certain banks, going to queue to withdraw money, the amounts that you are charged, it will better you go to the either, either the ATM or get internet banking. Similarly, uh, out there when you're doing your shopping, you'll find um, it's easier to pay with either your card or with you know credit card or M-Pesa. It become it has become the new norm, and that process is going to accelerate. As you said, even with the government, before COVID happened, uh, uh, M-Pesa was embraced, but now is when we will see that process even increasing even more. Where now, certain processes that you couldn't get from the government uh, yeah. using newer technologies, now they will be embraced. And, and, and we are seeing that acceleration in terms of... Uh, <clears throat> financial services taking over um a lot of micro lending apps have have come up because one we are seeing even um the loan structure and the loan landscape or credit yeah. landscape is changing right. I, I remember there's a time even right now uh a bank would only fund you against your your balance sheet and not yeah. your cash flows you know, yeah. uh, but I'm seeing right now banks are becoming a bit, you know, flexible and they're coming up with products and new new credit assets to help you finance uh, your business uh, with your cash flows. They just look at your uh, your monthly income, which which for me is 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 more it's more practical because of where we are as 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 a country and business and. Yeah. I've also seen there's been a shift in, in, in our industry, in the digital sector. And this is where I think, Kevin, maybe I'd like to hear your two cents on it. So mm -hmm. uh, with, with, with agency, with uh, digital marketing agencies, um, we've always been third parties to the process. You know, we, we are those guys who come and uh, 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 let me say audit your communication uh, mm. strategy, your digital footprint, and then now we advise you on a, on a strategy going forward and we even give you uh, the execution tools we can train mm. or even take over the process, all mm. in all. Mm -hmm. Now, I've seen businesses um, like there's a reduction in the outsourcing mm -hmm. of, of digital marketing agencies, and right. now they are hiring we right. clean the department. They don't want like a breakdown in communication because they're like that thing of sending a brief to an agency is taking too long. Yet, mm. 
I can I can hire a younger person who understands my brand, the tone, the voice, the personality, and I just uh, work on improving his skills. I, mm. I invest in his training to take over communication in the business. So mm. outsourcing to digital for digital agencies has has, has slumped a bit. But that's mm. in my own view. I don't know if you've witnessed that, Kevin, in your in 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 your industry or from your perspective. Thank you, Kenji. That's a very interesting question and observation. I definitely have observed that in many uh, uh, even our own clients. One of the things that I'd like to reiterate, especially when it comes to uh, managing communication during crisis, is that uh, you find that there's a default. Uh, belief in many companies to want to repurpose, to want to repurpose and change the direction in a short-term period. Um, that is where there are many questions for people asking themselves: Are we in the new norm? Are we are we in the new way of operating? Because COVID has come. So in the in the pursuit to repurpose, you find that people are saying, "Let's reduce our costs of the number of consultants or." or agencies or companies that are working with us. So one of the ways to reduce cost is bring that skill set that we outsource and bring it inside within the company. You find that that is a good thing to begin with, but you realize like you and I, Kenji, that uh, digital media is a set of very many functions because it means that you need to hire a, a team. Uh, one of the biggest uh, book distribution companies in this country is a family business that has been there for over 50 years. We all know, um, uh, should I mention the name or is it, is it okay to mention? But <laughs> is it safe? <laughs> Textbook Center have been able to repurpose and uh, have been able to re-engineer the function of digital marketing as opposed to outsource it, they build it from inside. And when I asked why, it's because when you are able to train employees about the values of the business, the, the intricacies of that business from within, you have a team that is able to channel out uh, things from the heart of the business, work from the heart of the business. They're able to um, converse better internally with the other teams and then channel out work. However, the disadvantage with that is that you find that the business doesn't stay in its line of calling or the business end. So that's why you find a very difficult decision that I made, especially in certain business processes. You start asking yourselves, for example, if you're, if you're gonna be, if you have a distribution company, you're distributing milk, do you list the trucks? Or do you buy trucks and distribute yourselves? So you find many companies decided Let's give that distribution to someone else. Let's focus on producing milk. So many companies at this point should be able to make that decision. Am I going to outsource digital? Or for example, am I going to ask uh, Tony, to, can I employ Tony in my business to be able to measure risk for us? So you find that uh, they will reduce Tony's job by having a, a risk manager. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you go to big companies. Safaricom, you have people like risk managers. Or you have, in Safaricom, you also have you know, people like uh, big data managers. You and I can know what big data is. Mm. And Safaricom is one of the biggest companies in the uh, 
Sub-Saharan Africa. They also have loads of information that they collect because you have over 20 million subscribers. So they're actually a resource for data, using data to process information. So you can decide to outsource that or decide to retain based on the scale of your business. So I would not say that it's um, a decision that um, you must be able to retain these skills. You make those decisions as you move along the life cycle of your business. Wow, uh, wise words. I mean, it, it, it's, it's brought us to a point where this shared economy has never been more real than it is right now. Because um, as you've just talked about, Kevin, uh, taking on that particular function as a business will also incur you a lot of overheads if you want to do it professionally. Mm. And and still, uh, businesses need to understand there's a place for everyone. Sometimes it's it's cheap. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's 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 yeah, it's expensive to take shortcuts. Yeah, mm. you'd rather uh, hire a professional who will take you through the process better in a more efficient manner than trying to look for ways to navigate. So I hope for those marketing managers who are out there trying to cut costs. Please <laughs> give us business. We we need you as much as you need us. <laughs> so anyway, Tony, uh, yes. maybe let's 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 move into uh, employees as well, because employees need to also understand that um, permanent and pensionable contracts are really becoming a thing of the past. Mm -hmm. A lot of people now are going into contractual agreements. You know. Mm -hmm. And, and because I'm seeing there's an eminent uh, fear of people losing jobs, you know, and everyone is thinking, even CEOs in big companies are still shaken. They're like, will I be able to hold my position? And right now, even as employers, we're thinking differently. We're thinking, uh, what kind of agreements or arrangements can we come into, uh, can we put in place to help people feel secure in their jobs and also to produce more, and we are using their time well. So it's a thing about giving them security and the usage of time. What what in your what do you see in terms of um, employees moving into contractual uh, into contractual based agreements mm -hmm. as compared to uh, permanent and pensionable agreements or okay. contracts? Mm. Now. Um... Moving away from permanent and pensionable to something that is more contractual is not necessarily a bad thing, because uh, when you are when you have uh, been given a, con a contract, say for a year or for two years, you know, renewable, one year renewable, and uh, key to that is that if it is based on key performance indicators, so if Kenji today. Uh, I've hired somebody to come and do my accounting work. I've given him a one-year contract or uh, whatever, whatever agreement that we've come, we've, we've agreed upon. For that employee, if the parameters are, one of the things that he will need to do is make sure that key performance indicators have been effected on that, have been written on that contract. So that by the time we are coming to the end of the contract, he will be able to see, have I met my end of the contract? Yes or no? If it is yes, then then how, what, what, how does that strengthen my position 
in wanting my my contract to be renewed. That's one way to look at it. On the other hand, the laws of the land dictate that you either hire somebody as um, as a, as an intern, or uh, if it's not intern on, on on probation for six months or whatever period of time, and then once that is over, then you've got to hire him um, permanently. I mean, you've got to you know you've hired him permanently, and he's on that kind of a contract. However, for an employer, putting key performance indicators as the requirements to maintain that contract is very important. So that you will feel that the employee that I've hired, as much as they are permanent, they have a role to play in keeping this job with me. Yeah. For the employee, on the other hand, having uh, the requirement of having uh, performance-based you know, employment is also important because it also boosts their CV. Because today, if I'm hiring somebody to do sales and marketing, and I've told him, Yes, now you're permanent and you're, you're now I've hired you permanently, but I have certain indicators that you need to meet if you're going to have this relationship. If the employee is able to meet those indicators and surpass them, not only will he ever have a very strong um, position to negotiate for himself better terms, but even if he decides to move on, that is a very strong item to have on your CV. So I would say for employees, uh, the changing environment can work for their benefit if they change their mindsets. That is, mm. if you get a job... I like that. So it's about a mindset, a mindset shift, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. For both employers and employees, this, mm. yes, things may be difficult, but they're also bringing opportunities. For employees, the opportunities is show yourself to be good at what you're doing. Insist on performance indicators. See whether you can achieve them. If you meet and surpass them, then you give yourself yeah. a very strong bargaining position with your employer. If uh, the situation dictates that you have to move on, then you give yourself a very strong uh, bargaining, uh, I mean, a very strong CV. You can put something very strong in your CV that this was, this was what I was doing at Tanuri. This was yeah. my performance indicators. These were my results. I managed to increase sales by 50%, by 70%. Yeah. I reduced costs by this much. I increased profit margin by ABCD. And therefore, when you're applying for another job, Kevin might want to hold on to you. Or if he has to release you, he'll recommend you glowingly mm. to everybody else that you go. So the, 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 the uncertainty brought by this situation is also an opportunity for employees and employers. Wow. And in fact, I also think it's a blessing in disguise in, in the sense that uh, an employee can also uh, uh, spread his talents across different employers, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and you'd find that people are not stuck in dead-end jobs because yes. also employment can really put you in a, behind a role and a position for a long time that it actually clouds your understanding of the of business even from a world view you know you can be in a job for so long that you don't actually see what's happening out there so mm -hmm. i think it's a blessing in disguise so mm -hmm. we have a comment on facebook from margaret jerry that's my mom uh karibu uh she's saying um from a hr perspective what advice do you have for the full-time job seekers 
what can you do as they wait for those jobs? And I know you've, you've touched a little on the first bit, yes. but what can they also do as they wait for those jobs? Or should now, they wait? Okay, that's a very good question by Mama Margaret. Um, one of the things that my partner Zipora always says is that if you're looking for a job and you can't get a job, why not offer yourself for internship? An internship is not for fresh university graduates. Yes. Let's say today, I, right now I'm a risk advisory, I'm a risk advisor, and um, I wanted to learn more about it. Huh? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in risk and I didn't, I, I couldn't get a job. Say I was looking for a job and I could get a job. Why not offer myself, since I have the skills, why not go to a company where they probably need my 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 skills but probably don't have a budget to pay you know to pay my salary you can offer yourself for three months internship go yes you might you might need to get from your reserves or from somewhere else money that uh, you know to meet your expenses for traveling but going to work there if they do have such a department going to work there will not only improve your 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 skill set you learn more you will interact more. You will understand how business works. And at the same time, you put on your CV that you have this kind of thing. Say you're an accountant. You've done your CPAs. You've graduated. You've, you've, you have your degree, but you're still struggling to get a job. Why not look for an internship, even a paid internship? All they need to do is give you a, a desk and put somebody to work with, an experienced accountant there, whom you can work with and learn from. Even if it's just for three months, who knows? I've seen, I have, I have witnesses of friends. I have a friend in particular, and probably Kenji, I'll ask you to invite him here next time. This guy started as an unpaid um, messenger in an insurance company. And he worked there. They loved him. They hired him. Mm. As a he continued diligently working there. And he was hired, you know, the ones for, after six months, you'll see probation. Then, in a short while, they put him in a department to help them take take policy documents across the Nairobi CBD. Within a short while, uh, after the six months, they decided, you know what? I think you're useful enough. There's no point of hiring people from out there. We will hire you. So he got a job in that department as a clerk. By the time he was leaving the particular company that hired him, he was senior manager, yeah. having risen from a to a senior. Mm. I can give you examples. Wow. I have a friend of mine who, another friend of mine who came to a bank I was working for, also as a messenger. In fact, he was a T-boy. Mm. He, had, he had his degree, but he could not get a job. So, so he went and pleaded with the branch manager, I can be serving you people tea. And he was still, okay, come, serve us tea, we'll not pay you anything. The only benefit you'll get is you'll drink the tea, uh, what it means in the kibuyu after you finish. So he started that way. Within a short while, uh, the branch manager recommended to head office, let's hire this guy. We don't need to hire this illiterate mamas out here. Let's hire this boy. So they hired him. Right now, Kenji, that young man, is the chief global markets manager of a big bank here in Kenya. And we're talking about Wow. Okay, wow. offering yourself, wow. and this was a graduate who was serving tea in a bank. 
Mm. He was willing to humble himself to go and serve tea in a bank. Right now, yeah. he's a senior forex dealer in a big bank in Kenya. Okay? He just learned on the job. So what I'll tell, what to answer Mamambaye, the issue is offer yourself for internship. Go. Even if you are a graduate, if you are doing construction, go to a Mujengo, go help carrying those tools. If the, the foreman there needs help, since you have the skills, offer them without being paid. Help him to with the drawings, with the plans, whatever. If you are in accounting, same. If you are in HR, same. If you are a digital marketer, if there's somebody listening here, offer yourself to, to Kenji or to Kevin as an unpaid intern. Help Kevin do his stuff. Who knows? Kevin might hire you or might refer you to somebody else. And then you claim the thing, and that is one of the things that we are doing at our own consultants. We are training, we are helping young people understand that yeah. leaving university or college to join the job market is you're not going into paradise. You're going mm -hmm. to the real world, which requires you to be humble, offer your skills, be willing to learn, even if you're not being paid. Humble yourself, be willing to learn, join, start learning even if you're not getting paid. You that could be the key that unlocks your to your dream job or your dream, whatever it is that you desire to do. You have dropped gems. I mean, any young person who's trying to get into the industry, that is the real blueprint. I mean, just copy paste and you'll be good. Exactly. <laughs> but let me let me let me ask Kevin, because Kevin, I know he, he's First, he's a seasoned entrepreneur and he's running a marketing agency. In terms of marketing, what can businesses do right now just to stay afloat? And, and let me not even put it in a way of, okay, we are just barely making it. But mm. there has been certain trends that have come up even in, in the marketing um, uh, fraternity and even in terms of communicating with clients. What can mm. businesses do and what hacks can they have, as small businesses especially, to, to make sure they get first visibility, they're able to get also conversion or lead generation? What, what, what would you say about that? Yeah, thank you, Kenji. Uh, one of the things that uh, I, we have done as a business, uh, we did this maybe two years ago, was uh, to repurpose our offering. I know I've used that word before. So we have a tendency of wanting to stick to our skills or area of calling as an entrepreneur, but you'll find that there are sometimes you need to actually repurpose or find a new fitting for yourself. And uh, what all businesses now can do, especially SMEs, is if, for instance, you were set up to, to do, for example, insurance, uh, what are some of the things of an entrepreneur that you can be able to do during this season? We know we need to understand the habits of consumption of consumers. People are at home. People are using uh, social media platforms more. People are actually logging in into um, Zoom calls, Google Meet, and all these uh, softwares to connect with one another as workmates or as family. So one of the ways you can actually do is that you can start training Start offering training, start offering your wisdom or expertise to those people who need. So you are looking at someone who is offering insurance. Uh, start talking to uh, potential customers about risk, about how, how you can be able to have uh, certain things, let's say like insurance of equipment. 
you can see the room that I am in. This was a store, but I've converted it to an office uh, in my house. But I'm using my computer here. I'm using my printer here. It may have been insured in the office. Mm -hmm. so, uh, do I have all risk of my laptop that I'm using here, wherever I am going? So, so it, and, and that comes from a position of being able to empathize with your customers. Uh, we have um, a certain tool we use in marketing called Empathy Map. The Empathy Map is to be able to understand what is my customer going through right now? What are the problems they are facing? Number one, they are not working in the office or probably they are traveling less. Mm -hmm. So therein lies some gaps and new opportunities for you as an entrepreneur to see, okay, let me repurpose my offering based on what new lifestyle changes that my customers, my potential customers are applying in that season. The second thing uh, that you need to do is rebrand. And rebrand, I will mention here very critically, it's not a logo. <laughs> logo, logo does not mean rebranding. And a brand and a logo are very different things. A brand is basically a perception that people have about your business. When you look at a big company like uh, iPhone, the company that makes iPhone, Apple, it's such a huge, powerful brand. But before even they release a phone, you have fans or followers who are their, like, their, their marketing uh, associates. They don't work in Apple, but they will line up a night before the Apple store, before a release of a new version of an Apple phone, because they feel like they own that company. So what you're saying is that you need to rebrand in a certain way that you still, you create ownership within your followers, within your fans, within your potential customers. Not the logo. You rebrand your processes, rebrand your offering, rebrand the way you communicate. So if you've been communicating through a website or a Facebook page, how about training a, a people on a, on a webinar on Zoom? Um, how about actually before if you are taking leaflets to the mall, now there are not too many people in the mall. So you need to re-engineer how you communicate to people. And the last one is just revamp your communication. Be very consistent with how you offer uh, and how you communicate about the services you offer. You'll find that people are tempted to change for the season. Now that COVID has come, let me, let me change for the season. But there is a difference between adapting or improving your offering, scaling it for the season, and coming up with an entirely new business whatsoever. So for instance, uh, we've seen very many people, uh, we've seen it in the press, people who are maybe a bankers, and then they'll go to Kikuyu and park their car and sell groceries. That is okay because they're looking for survival. In this season, people are to provide their, their families with food, and pay their rent, and just get on with life. But for a business that is starting up and growing, you're okay doing that, side hustle, you may call it, but also remember you have a long-term vision with the small business that you've created. Continue working on a daily basis on that business, even though in the evening you'll go to Kikuyu Highway mm. and sell your products. Mm. It's always good to have a balance. I know that there are things I must do today which are operational and tactical, and then there are things that I need to think about which are strategic over time. Mm. 
Wow. Hey, so I'm, I'm also going to adopt that. I haven't really thought of uh, revamping, not, not my logo, but in terms of processes, I've done for a few things, but others, I'm still rigid. But mm-hmm. uh, thank you, Kevin, for that. I, I also believe in just evolving as an entrepreneur, as a business, and just not not being afraid of change, but just embracing it because it it's not easy, but it will help you grow. But let me let me let me and as we as we wrap up, yes, let's talk about this work life balance because you've talked about your store now is your is your office. I can yeah. see there's a lot going on in the background. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. the kids are somewhere running around. Mm-hmm. How is that? How is it working for you? As you wrap up, and also please, Kevin, tell us uh, also how we can reach you when you as you respond to that. The reality is, Kenji, that right now, because of COVID, it has made us realize so many things. Uh, We run a consultancy business. We rarely have clients coming to our office. We are the ones who actually visit our clients. So one of the things that we did as a business was saying, okay, let's come up with a modus operandi of working at home as a team. So one of the things that we did was we became a bit innovative in how we communicate fast as a team. So we, we came up with, uh, we subscribed to a tool that helps us organize our work to track uh, deliverables and to work as a team together. Secondly, we needed also to inform our clients that this is a new way that will work right now. Um, and one of them is that we'll have our meetings on uh, on Zoom or on this technology and, uh, and, and there are certain limitations. But the thing is, this technology is the same one as the one if I meet you face to face. So in the in the in the aim of employing our empathy hub, we also need to be very empathetic to the health, uh, to the, to the, our workers, and knowing that by sending them to the market, we're also exposing them from contracting uh, COVID. So we must be able to develop and redefine how we work and be innovative. One of the things that we have also done is to understand you're in a home. You're not in a office block. So in a home, you also need to be sensitive. We're in different homes. We live in different areas of this town. Uh, we also have different backdrops. So I have chosen this space because I'm able to concentrate more. I'm able to find a quiet place where you can work, where I can be able to speak to my other people, because it is also respectful for you who's made time to come so that we work together using this technology not to for me to be distracted to waste your time but for us to be able to use the limited time to be able to channel out work and so one of the things that i will encourage us uh, even for as entrepreneurs this time is to not fear innovations uh, not fear applying new things and then communicating and enlightening your customers about the new way you're working mm-hmm. and also respecting the boundaries because, for instance, a client might know Kevin is at home all along. He's not traveling much. So at 6 a.m., they might actually call you and ask you, please do this for me. Do this artwork for us. Or at 9 p.m., they'll say, I've just thought of an idea. I don't want it to run away. So they call you at that time. So we still have to respect that we are working from home, but the home has its own limitations. It's the same place where we find rest, where we log from work, and we integrate Family, work, 
and our me time as well. It's important for an entrepreneur to have alone time, to be able to think, to slow down, to whether it's praying or meditating or exercising, whatever you want to do, and then balance that time with your family and balance that time with your colleagues and customers. So we must integrate and live an integrated life in this digital world. Wow, wow. Uh, Tony, you know I've been to your house. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and I've been with your kids and they're sometimes very disciplined. They're either reading, doing something. How do you coordinate your work-life balance? How, is it a myth? Is it a myth? Is it something you can actually achieve? Okay. Um, there's some articles I've been getting online huh? um, concerning how to you know, balance work and life, especially in this confined space and these confining situations of COVID. One of the things that, like what Kevin has done, designate a place. What we did was designate a place. This is what we will call office. And since this is office, when I'm coming to this office, then I... You know, I, I do like the way I used to do before. I take a shower, brush my teeth, dress appropriately for office like I'm dressed today, you know, then enter into that space, sit and focus. Then another thing that helps in work-life balance is take frequent breaks, you know, stand up. This is something I normally tell my, my partner, my wife, stand up, stretch a bit, you know, uh, you know, let, let blood circulate because you're sitting so, for so long in one spot. And then when it reaches a time, like in a typical office setting, you'll find, even for us who are entrepreneurs who work for long hours, there will be a time when you'll decide, you know what, it's time to go home. It's 7 p.m., it's 6 p.m., 5 p.m., whichever time. And you shut down your machines, switch off your printers, whatever, switch off Kirakitu, leave and go. Same thing. You also We also practice that. We, it reaches a certain point. We, we stop, no more emails, no more receiving ABCD, switch off the computer, get out of the space that is designated as home office, and now go and interact with the children. Thirdly, as you said, um, sometimes when you have, you know, you and your children are sharing the same space, some are doing uh, homeschooling, others are not. When you train your children that daddy and mommy right now, they're in their office, they need to be working. They need to respect that space. Children normally learn. They know this is it. Daddy and mommy are working. Similarly, we are in class. We also respect that space. We don't come budging in like, you know, you know, they're at home. No, they're in school. They, they have their desk. They have their chair. They have their pencils, everything. When you want to talk to them, you ask for their permission. That way, both you and they will understand that in spite of the fact that we are sharing the same space, the purposes for which we are sharing are, have shifted from home to either school or to office. And therefore, you, 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 you create certain boundaries, then you also work with timelines so that you know it's now lunchtime, let's go for lunch, let's bite something. It's now evening, put off your computers, put off your book, forget about work, let's go and relax. That way, you're able to create a work-life balance that, that enables you to be effective while working but also enables you to lean back and rest when you, you know, you're finished working. Wow, that's that's awesome, and that needs a lot of self-discipline, yes. because at the same time, uh, it, it 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 has to it has to project from the head, 
you know, if, if the head is able to model this, then yes. everyone else is going to just pick and adopt it. Yeah. So as, as we wind up, I mean, we've had so many viewers. Thank you uh, for everyone who's joined us on uh, Facebook. Um, we're glad you, uh, you, you've taken time to join us. Uh, we'll be having part three next week, same time. Yeah. And uh, right now, I just want us to wrap it up with just uh, famous last words. <laughs> just to put you on the spot, Kevin, Mr. Wisdom, you can drop your last gems. I also am going to uh, run your social media handles at the bottom, just in case someone wants to catch a hold of you. Um, yeah, so, Kev. Thank you. I'll just finish by saying that uh, it's good for us to always uh, apply what you call the three E sisters uh, in our business. We need to encourage uh, people. We are in business to solve problems. And we need to encourage them and tell them, oh, yes, we have the solutions and we're able to um, solve the problem. So encourage them and tell them, yes, I will be able to pick the person who will solve your problem in this as entrepreneur. The other one is enlighten them, educate them, and also uh, position yourself as an expert, as a trainee, as a professional in the area of your expertise, in the area of your offering. And then the third uh, little sister is engage them. Uh, once you've enlightened them, you start engaging them and asking them, how can I be able to help you? How can our company be able to offer services? So in other words, asking for the business without feeling like, um, that you're, you're touching on very difficult ground this season. So once you do those three things, encouraging, enlightening, and then engaging your customers, we pray and believe that you'll be able to start your journey towards profitability in a season of crisis. Yeah. Thank you, Kevin. Anthony. Yes. Uh, my last words are... Uh, for those who are in business, I've seen somebody asking, what do you say to someone who has just left formal employment? That means for those who are in business, those who are searching for jobs, those who are employed, and all that, you all first and foremost, you've got to put your hope forward. You've got to be hopeful. You've got to have a positive view of life. Yeah, COVID, as much as it has really disseminated our economy as a nation and as individuals, has also created opportunities. For somebody who has left formal employment, yes, are you seeking to re-enter formal employment? Are you seeking to start a business? Do you have capital for that business? What exactly do you want? So if you're looking to re-enter, uh, to get another job, for example, you only need to do, I believe, is re-look at your CV, look at what you want to do. Does your CV enable you to go into that direction? Because... You know, one of the things we learn as HR consultants is as much as there is serious unemployment in the country, it is, it's very interesting that on the other hand, employers are seeking people to hire and they're not finding them. They're struggling to get to fill certain positions because, mm -hmm. because either people come with a bad attitude or come with unrealistic uh, expectations or uh, they are not you know, well qualified. So I would say be realistic, be hopeful, Always look forward to the, you know, to the more positive part in life. Even for us businessmen, we are caught in a very difficult uh, environment. 
but opportunities are there. As Kevin has been speaking about uh, innovation, be innovative as an individual and as a company, and you, opportunities will come and you'll be able to seize them. Awesome, awesome. At least you've, you've doubled up your, your parting shot with answering that question. Thank you, Anthony. And uh, this, this has just been very insightful. Thank you, gents, once again. Uh, we'll be having the same next week, as I said. Uh, and also just to remind guys, I mean, don't journey alone. Mm -hmm. Don't journey alone. Yeah. Look for people who you share the similar, similar mindset and values and work together. It's mm -hmm. always enjoyable when you work with others. Even when you get lost with your friends, it's much better than going far only to find that you're alone in this. Very so, true. guys, see you next week. Yes. Take care. Thank Take you. care. Thank Take you. Care. Bye. Thank you. Good. Thank you.